What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Progress Not Perfection. I'm your host, Jeff Packman, and today we're going to be talking about nine things that actually matter for fat loss. And I know a few of these are going to be things that you either A, you haven't heard before, or you haven't heard people actually emphasize them before. So we're going to get straight into it. But before we do, I've got a couple notes here. So if you guys are interested in one-on-one coaching, I do have a couple spots open. I'm going to be opening three spots next week. I'll leave the link to my coaching application in the bio. So if you guys want to apply, go ahead and get on that. I also have my free Facebook group. If you guys are interested in recipes and just building a community for free, 100% free, I'll leave a link to that down in the description as well. And if you guys are enjoying the podcast, as always, I really appreciate the five-star reviews. It is just me running this podcast. It is a small show, a small operation. I edit these myself. I record these myself. I bring on guests myself. I do it all myself. And it's not that it's a lot of work. I actually enjoy it probably the most out of creating all the content that I create. I actually enjoy making the podcast the most because it allows me to connect with other people in the industry and basically just have a conversation and talk. These solo podcasts are actually the hardest for me because I have to talk the entire time. And even though you guys may think that I love to talk and I'm a very talkative person, I don't necessarily just like to talk to myself and hear the sound of my own voice, right? So that's why these solo podcasts are actually the hardest for me to make. So I really appreciate all of the five-star reviews that you guys have been giving me. And I'm going to be picking somebody who leaves a written review uh, at the end of this week. Somebody who leaves a written review to win a free month of coaching with me. So if you want to enter to win that, go ahead and head to Apple Podcasts and leave me a written review. A lot of people have been saying they don't know how to leave a written review. If you just click on my show, if you click on the title Progress Not Perfection, and then you scroll all the way down to the bottom past all the episodes, there's going to be a spot to leave a review. And you just click the stars, click the five star. You can leave me a one star. I really don't care. And then leave me a written review if you've been enjoying the show. I really appreciate it. And yeah, let's get into the nine things that actually matter for fat loss. These aren't in any special order. Um, but I did kind of prioritize the ones that I think are the most important first. So they're not in any particular order. I didn't like overthink the order of these. But I do think that number one on the list is sleep. A lot of people are going to... A lot of people... I'm going to say this. It's just because I coach, I've coached quite a different demographic of people. Most people sleep six to seven hours per night. And then the quality of their sleep is like a six or seven out of 10. And then they wonder why they're hungry all the time. They wonder why they can't stick to their diet. They wonder why they can't stick to their calories. And then the weekends they go off track. They wonder why they're hungry all the time. Sleep. Sleep is so important. And not only that, but I actually did an episode with Dr. Alan Bacon and he actually discussed some studies talking about how people who get more regular sleep actually maintain a better body composition. So if you get poor sleep, you're actually going to have less muscle mass and more fat mass. And if you're a male, you're actually going to have decreased testosterone. And if you're a female, you're going to have a harder time maintaining any sort of fat loss or any sort of progress if your sleep is not on point. So what are some ways that we can get our sleep on point? 
I've done tons of episodes on sleep, but I'll just go over some brief cliff notes here. Number one, try to regulate your sleeping schedule. So set a good bedtime for yourself. And even if your bedtime is like 10 p.m., try to get in bed by like 9. And I know that's hard for some people because they get home from work, they are in traffic, and then they have dinner with their family, and it's already like 8 o'clock by the time they're done eating dinner, and they want to sit down and watch a show and spend time with their family. So maybe you can watch a show for an hour and then go ahead and cut the lights off and head to bed. There are some specific environments in your bedroom that you should be aware of. So if you work in your bedroom, you should try and find a different place in the house to work. Ideally, you'd have an office, right? Not everybody has an office. I don't have an office. I work downstairs in my kitchen living room area. And then upstairs is like my sleep chamber. I try to not work in my bedroom. Now, granted, I'm recording this podcast in my bedroom, (laughs) but uh, I try to keep the room nice and dark, and I don't have blackout curtains because my windows are a weird size, but if they were normal-sized windows, I would have blackout curtains, and then I also, I use a sleep mask, so I, I just bought a regular sleep mask off Amazon, it was like 20 bucks, and I've noticed my sleep quality going up. I have a Garmin watch and it tracks my sleep. I don't know how accurate it is, but since I've gotten this sleep mask, my REM sleep is up, my deep sleep is up, and I'm waking up less throughout the night. So pretty much have one sleep throughout the night. I may be up for like five minutes at a time, but it's my sleep has been really, really good. And then I have been consistently, If you if you're an athlete who strength trains, You actually need more sleep. So what does this mean? It means that instead of like seven to eight hours, you should probably be getting like nine to 10 hours. So this may mean taking a nap throughout the day, or it may mean just going to bed even earlier than you planned for. And I know that's like, oh man, I just don't have the time. My life is too crazy. Do the best you can, right? Not all of us have the ability to sleep nine or 10 hours, but if you do try to get in some extra sleep on the weekends try to try to regulate your sleep patterns in your sleep schedules okay and that what that's going to do is it's going to help you it's going to impact your hunger hormones and your body composition and it's just going to make number two a lot better which number two on my list is mental health okay now why does mental health actually matter for fat loss well it matters very very greatly for fat loss because the scale is not always going to do what you want it to do right your body isn't always going to do what you want it to do there's going to be times when you fail or you think that you fail and you want to give up there's going to be times that you go off track and you feel like you messed everything up and so mental health is what is going to keep you in the game so what do i mean by mental health because it's such an easy thing to just be like oh mental health work on your mental health. I mean, what I mean is, A, you can go to therapy, right? Let's destigmatize therapy. I think everyone should be going to therapy. But B, I also think having a daily practice of working on your mental health. So number one, journaling, write down in a journal every single day, how's my mental health, right? Just being aware of the feelings that you have, just being aware of how your mental health is every single day it makes things so much better. 
Number two, or B, I guess, am I doing numbers or letters? <laughs> B is gratitude, right? So making sure that you are practicing gratitude. And I know gratitude is such a, like, up to, such a buzzword, such a hot topic right now. Gratitude, gratitude. Sounds so woo-woo. But I can tell you this. For somebody like myself, I don't just wake up beaming with gratitude. I don't just spring out of bed with like all of this joy and gratitude. I actually have to work for it. So what does that mean? It's a muscle. It is actually a muscle that we have to practice. So we have to we have to work out this muscle called gratitude. So every day, break out a journal and write down a couple things that you're grateful for. And why. The why part is really important because you can just say, superficial shit you can say i'm grateful for my car a roof over my head and my mom and you can say those things and but are you really feeling that gratitude because what's most important here is that you're actually cultivating a feeling of gratitude and then what this does is it just actually just makes you a better person to be around it makes you more fun to be around and it also makes fat loss easier because when you are in a good mental health place and you have a good perspective on things and you are just doing good mentally it makes fat loss much easier it makes doing the hard things especially when you don't want to a lot easier so that's mental health those are my two main tips is just journaling and gratitude lists and obviously go to therapy um and and let's also destigmatize like going on medication if you have severe depression anxiety all that stuff Go to your doctor and go talk to a psychiatrist and go get put on medication if you need to be on medication. Like, don't uh, don't think that just because you're on medication you're a failure or something's wrong with you, right? It is actually a chemical imbalance in your brain. So make sure that you're um, getting that checked out. Obviously, I'm not a doctor. I'm not telling anybody what to do here. So big disclaimer because people freak out. Oh my God, he's telling people to get on medication. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm saying that medication is totally fine if it's prescribed by your doctor. All right. Number three, relationship with food. Now, why does this actually matter for fat loss? I talk about this a lot because a lot of people have a fucked up relationship with food. They label foods as good or bad. They think that if they have a sugary treat at the end of the night, they failed. They did something bad. Oh, my God. I had sugar. Oh, my God. I had some M&Ms. I'm so bad. No, you're not. Listen, <laughs> there is absolutely no reason why you can't have your favorite foods while losing fat at the same time unless you have binging issues and then you have to work on that one way that my relationship with food has improved over the years is i used to when i was trying to quote unquote lose weight be healthier i would cut out all processed foods i would cut out all sugar i would even cut out a lot of carbohydrates and what this did is it made me kind of very one-sided on the subject of diet right i was like oh if you're losing weight and you're being healthy, you need to eat 100% whole foods. You need to eat clean foods. No, it's not true. Like when you are losing fat, eating foods that you actually enjoy will help you stick with it long enough to see progress. We know that what's most important with losing fat is actually calories. It's actually controlling your calories. And if your relationship with food is messed up, 
it's going to be hard to control your calories because you're going to be super good like Monday through Thursday and then Friday through Sunday is just going to be a total binge fest slash cheat meal slash cheat days and that's going to completely throw you out of your deficit and you're going to wake up Monday up like five or six pounds and think that you ruined your progress and then you're just going to keep the binge rolling. Alcohol is a big one here. A lot of people drink, you know, half a bottle of wine or they drink like, you know, five or six beers every single night, Friday, Saturday, and then they wake up Sunday and they feel all bloated and shitty. They got terrible sleep. Their mental health is not good and their relationship with food is not good. And then they step on the scale, which is the last thing you should be doing after a crazy binge weekend. And then you feel like a failure and then you keep that roller coaster going and it's just a nonstop cycle of you losing and gaining the same fucking 25 pounds. So relationship with food is a big deal. If you have a quote unquote trigger food and that's something that you are trying to avoid, like let's say for me personally, a trigger food used to be for me Reese's peanut butter cups. If I had a bag of Reese's peanut butter cups in the house, there's no way I'm not eating that entire bag in like three days, like a big bag, like a fucking Halloween size bag. So one thing I did was during Halloween, this is like when I test my relationship with food, I will go buy a bag of Reese's and I will give myself the option of having like two or three of these fun size Reese's every single night. Now, whatever, you may be like, that's like two or three of them. What fun is that? What fun is eating a fucking whole bag of them and then feeling like absolute dog shit the next day? It's not fun, okay? But I can fit two or three of them into my calories, even in a deficit. And then I get to have one of those, I get to have two or three of those every single day. And then that, that leaves the scarcity mindset out the door, right? And so I actually like buying the single serving size of these snacks, right? Like if you, if Reese's is your thing, like go to the gas station and instead of buying like a big bag of the Reese's fun size or the Reese's minis or whatever, go to the gas station and go buy a couple packs of Reese's, right? And then that way, and don't keep them in the house. Like just have what you're going to have and then be done with it. And then the next time you want it, you actually have to go back to the grocery store and go get uh, those Reese's and just buy one pack. And then that's your treat for the day. Most of the time, what you're going to realize is that going to the grocery store, the gas station is actually more work and you're, it's actually not worth it. You're actually just like, you know what? I'll just chill at home tonight. I don't need the Reese's. I don't feel like going out. So then you're repairing your relationship with food by creating a barrier to entry or bright lines to where you're not just walking into your pantry and having the food. You're actually taking the time to think about and plan, is it worth it to go to the store and go get this food? And then you're creating you're creating a barrier to entry pretty much. All right. So that's relationship with food. And there's I mean, I can have a whole episode on relationship with food and it's so important. Most importantly, though, just make sure that you're working with a professional who can help you with your relationship with food if you have binging or a disordered relationship with food, aka not a coach, maybe working with a registered dietitian or nutritionist as well as a coach if your goal is fat loss. Number four on the list is patience. All right. Now, this goes along with mental health. A lot of people are just super fucking impatient. All right. If you don't see results after four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks. Don't give up. The last thing you need to do is fucking give up because chances are 
And this has happened with clients in the past. They <clears throat> they stick with the program and the first four weeks are like them getting used to the program and us finding their deficit. <clears throat> the next four weeks are like us being in a slight calorie deficit. And depending on how aggressively I think we should be going with this client, if they have a disordered relationship with food or they... Uh, they have they have been dieting for a long time because the longer you've been dieting, the harder diet, the harder it is to lose weight. The longer history you have with dieting and doing crazy shit, the harder it is to maintain weight loss. Right? So the people who have been dieting for 20, 30 years, they're gonna have the hardest times maintaining their weight loss. So they need to be especially even more patient and more consistent. So they need to go even slower than somebody who doesn't have a longer history of dieting and who has a good relationship with food. Somebody who has a repaired relationship with food and who hasn't been dieting for years and years and years can go a little bit more aggressively. They might be able to do some, some a little bit less sustainable shit because for them, fat loss is a shorter phase. It's not like a life sentence, whereas if you've got a lot of weight to lose, fat loss can feel like a light a life sentence because you've got a lot of weight to lose. You've got a long time to go, right? But it's not a life sentence, I promise you. You just got to be patient and you got to be okay with it being slow at least at first. You got to be okay with not seeing results in the mirror and not seeing results in your progress pictures or on the scale at first. I have had clients who the scale hasn't budged for 8 to 10 weeks and they haven't seen pictures in their photos and then all of a sudden they're losing a shit ton of inches. And I don't know why this is. Maybe they started being more consistent with their calories. Maybe they started tracking more accurately. Maybe they started, maybe their body just decided to all of a sudden just start dumping some fat, right? Because fat loss is not linear. You're not losing the same amount of fat every day. You can see this on the scale. Sometimes you'll step on the scale and you'll be up, 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 up. And you'll be maintaining, maintaining, maintaining. And then all of a sudden you get this whoosh and then you're down like three or four pounds. This happened to me the other day. You guys can see it on my stories on Instagram. I was up, I was up, up, up. I was maintaining, 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 and then all of a sudden I hit like a like a four pound drop in one day. Right now, do I celebrate that drop? No, I don't. I fucking stay patient. I stay consistent because I know that scale is probably gonna go right back up. So just be patient, just be consistent, and and you're good to go. Speaking of consistent, number five is consistency. So. How can we be more consistent, right? That's such a loaded fucking question. Number one, the way to be more consistent is to go less aggressively. So somebody who's trying to eat 1,200 calories a day for fucking 24 weeks is going to have a very hard time. Whereas somebody who is eating 1,600 calories per day and going for 24 weeks is probably going to see better progress. Why? Because they're able to be have a higher percentage of consistency, whereas the person who's trying to eat 1,200 calories is probably going to end up binging and going off the rails plenty of times per week. I see this all the time, right? People who are trying to eat a crazy low amount of calories and then they can't stick with it week to week, so they actually binge multiple times per week or they just go off track multiple times per week or they say fuck it multiple times per week. When you have your calories a little bit higher, you're going to be able to be more consistent. When you set your step goal to a little more realistic place, you're going to be more consistent. Instead of trying to go to the gym 
six or seven times a week, maybe try going three or four times a week, you're going to be able to be more consistent. Most of us have crazy lives and we're busy and we have a lot of shit going on. So pick a step goal, a calorie goal, a protein goal, a workout goal, a sleep goal, like all of this stuff that you know you can be consistent with for years and years. Expect that this is going to take years and years, not that it's going to take 12 weeks. I cannot stress this enough. People think that this whole thing is going to take eight weeks, 12 weeks. Expect at least a year. If you're not willing to invest a year, don't fucking do it at all. (laughs) If you're not willing to at least invest a year, then I don't know what to tell you. You have to change your mindset because the patience and consistency piece of this whole deal is so fucking important. So sorry, got on my high horse a little bit there. But consistency is important. It One tool that I use with clients, and you guys may find this very, very helpful, is I use a consistency calendar. And so when I hit my workouts, my steps, my protein, my calories, I put a big X on my paper calendar or my whiteboard calendar. And then when I miss a day, I put an O on my calendar. That way I'm looking at it every single day. I'm looking at my calendar and I'm seeing, okay, where am I slipping up? Where am I messing up? Or where am I doing a good job, right? If I have a bunch of O's on my calendar, a bunch of days that I missed, then I'm not being consistent and I need to figure something else out. Maybe I need to bring calories up a little bit. Maybe I need to cycle my calories to make them different. Like I'll talk about calorie cycling here in a second. Um, But consistency calendar has been a game changer for me and many of my clients. So try it out. Um, if you have questions about this, you can always DM me on Instagram. I'll show you how to set it up. Number six, calories. (laughs) And specifically, calorie cycling has been something very, very helpful for me lately. What I like to do personally is I don't like to be in the same deficit every single day. I like to have a little bit more calories to play with a certain days per week that I know I'm going to be more hungry. And then I like to drop calories on days when I know I'm busy and I don't really need that many calories. So for example, right now, Monday through Wednesday, I dropped my calories down considerably pretty low and I may even eat under those days just because I'm busy. I have a lot of shit going on. I don't have a lot of time to cook and you know, I'm just not that hungry Monday through Wednesday. And then I notice Thursday comes and I need a little refeed day. So Thursday I'll eat at maintenance. So Monday through Wednesday, big deficit, Thursday maintenance, Friday, I will eat in a more sustainable deficit, Saturday more sustainable deficit, and then Sunday I'll go back into an aggressive deficit. So this allows me to be in a greater deficit than if I was to just eat in a moderate deficit every day. But it also gives me a little bit more calories on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So hopefully that makes sense. Those are mainly the days that I find I'm the most hungry, that I have the most excuses to overeat, that basically throw me off the most so thursday friday saturday are like the days where i get a significant bump in calories because what matters most with calories is how much you are eating throughout the week on average right so how you can do this for yourself is figure out your deficit i have a calorie calculator i'll leave it in the show notes use my calorie calculator figure out your daily deficit multiply that by seven And then that's going to be your weekly calories. Distribute those however you want. Play around with it. Do your own experiments and see what works for you. 
But calories are, obviously they matter for fat loss. They're pretty much the main thing that matters for fat loss. But I thought I'd mention all these other things as well because they're just as important and they help you stick to your calories. So thought I'd mention that. Um, all right. Number seven is steps. Steps, getting in daily activity, getting your neat up, making sure that you are active throughout the day. If you're getting like three to 5,000 steps per day, you need to step it up. I'm going to be honest. You need to step it up. And the research shows that your health will significantly be impacted by a larger step count. You'll actually be able to live longer if you have a better step count. Not only that, but you'll be able to stay leaner too. People who are more active stay leaner. It's just a fact. People who can get that eight to 10,000 steps per day are winners. They, they're the ones who maintain lower levels of body fat year round. So make sure you're getting those steps in. And if you can, get above 10,000 steps. We set this marker at 10,000 steps. 10,000 steps is not that hard to get. If you're mindful and you take multiple walk breaks throughout the day and you have the time to do it, hustle on those walk breaks. Don't just like leisurely walk. Fucking hustle. Like, walk fast around your neighborhood. Especially if you live in a sketchy neighborhood. You probably need to be walking fast anyways. So, go ahead and get your steps in. Walk fucking fast. And I guarantee you, like, okay, I can get I can get over a thousand steps in five minutes. Around my, around my living room. Just pacing around, answering DMs, answering emails, um, you know, answering calls. I can get over a thousand steps in five minutes. So if I take a 10-minute break from work, I get about 2,000 steps, right? So if I take a 50-minute break from work, that's 5,000 steps. Easily, easily, right? On my lunch break, 1,000 steps, or uh, 5,000 steps, easily. If I take, you know, if I take like 5 or 10 5-minute breaks throughout the day, that's five or 10,000 steps. If I take 10 5-minute breaks throughout my workday, which most people can't do that. But let's say you take five five-minute breaks throughout your workday, right? That is, how many steps is that? Five times five is 25. 2,500 steps, something like that. Yeah. No, no, it's a lot more than that. That's actually like 5,000 steps throughout the day. I, I suck at math, sorry. I'm not going to do the math right now. I'm embarrassing myself. Anyways, you're getting a lot of steps in for only five five-minute breaks throughout the day. All right? Sound good? Cool. Break your steps up. Don't You don't have to get them all in one go. Um, make it easier on yourself. For example, today it's only 8.30 a.m. and I already got a 1,000 steps just from cleaning up my dog's poop in the living room. Sound good? Cool. All right, eight is protein. Now, protein is super important. It's going to help you stay full. It's going to help you retain lean muscle mass. And it's going to actually help you prioritize fat instead of just losing muscle right? When you keep protein high, you're going to be able to keep your lean mass. And this is so important because a lot of people, they go into a deficit, they don't eat enough protein, they don't strength train, and then they lose all their muscle mass. They actually just end up skinny fat. They actually just end up looking the same, just a smaller version of themselves. They look good with clothes on, then they take their clothes off and they still look soft. They don't have that lean toned look that people are looking for. They don't have, they're not shredded. They don't have a lean physique. And then they kind of screwed themselves because now they lost all that muscle they worked so hard to build. And it's actually really fucking hard to build muscle. Your body, your body will dump, start dumping muscle off. If you're in an aggressive deficit, you're not eating enough protein, you're not strength training. So 
Make sure that you're eating enough protein. Make sure that you are prioritizing protein at every single meal. One way you can do this is think about your meals throughout the day. What is the protein source? Breakfast, what's my protein source? Is it eggs, egg whites? Is it Greek yogurt? Is it oats with a little protein powder? What's my protein source for breakfast? Lunch, what's my protein source? Am I having a salad, chicken breast? What am I having? Am I having turkey with rice? Am I having uh, ground beef with quinoa? Like whatever the fuck it is, I don't care. Just prioritize a protein source. And if you struggle at the end of the day and you're like, I'm only at 100 grams of protein, I'm supposed to be at 150, throw in a couple scoops of protein powder. It's really not that challenging. I like Legion. You guys can check out Legion in the show notes. Use my code Jeff for 20% off. And it's the best tasting protein I've ever had. Even their plant protein is good. Even their whey protein is even better. Um, Their casein protein is really good too. I like it all. I get their products delivered to me monthly, and they're really fucking tasty, especially the cinnamon cereal, which they've been out of, but I like the gourmet vanilla and the Dutch chocolate as well, so they're all good. All of the flavors, except for the fruity cereal, I gotta be 100% honest, do not order the fruity cereal, I did not like it, it was too sugary for me. All right, number nine on the list, and the last one is strength training. Now, strength training is basically, it's the holy grail, It's, it's the fountain of youth, I heard somebody say this the other day. Strength training is the fountain of youth. If you strength train for years and years and years, you'll notice that people who strength train who are older, they tend to look younger, to feel younger, to move better, and they just have more muscle mass, and they just are healthier. Strength training is the fountain of youth. Now, if you are strength training, your body's actually going to prioritize losing fat instead of losing muscle, right? This is super important. And also, if you're strength training, you may not see very many changes in the scale, especially if you're new to strength training. You may not see too many drops in the scale, but you will notice your clothes fitting differently after months and months. You will notice that your measurements are going down. You may notice that a lot of changes are happening in your body. You also may notice that you're getting strong as fuck, that you're looking better naked, that basically you're just becoming a total badass inside and outside the gym. Your confidence is going up. Everything good is happening for you just because you're lifting some fucking weights and you're pumping some fucking iron okay so strength train three to four times per week if you need a beginner's guide to strength training you want a basic workout template you guys can check out my beginner guide to strength training um i'll leave the link down below in the show notes that's a lot of links i gotta leave in the show notes for you guys but i love you guys so i will leave it all down there Um, Most important thing with strength training is using progressive overload, so making sure that you are increasing your weight that you're using every single week if you can or increasing reps every single week if you can. With good form and technique, I cannot stress this enough, if you're doing a bicep curl, don't just fucking... Don't just use momentum to get that weight up and then crash the weight down on the way down. Like, Go slow. Use the eccentric. Control the movement. If you're not controlling the movement, you probably need to go lighter. You probably don't need to be lifting as heavy as you are, right? A lot of people just, they use shitty form and technique and then they're like, why am I not getting any results? Because you're not actually working the muscles properly through a full range of motion and you're not... The eccentric is probably the most important part of the lift, and it's actually what's going to help you prevent injury as well. So if you can't go slow on the eccentric portion of the movement, the weight's probably too heavy, and you probably need to back up and work on your form and technique. You probably should be spending two to three seconds in the eccentric part of the movement, especially if your goal is hypertrophy and you're looking to just build muscle mass, which most of us should be building muscle mass, especially as we get older. Um, Anyways... 
Another thing that's important for strength training is rest times, making sure that you're resting two to five minutes between sets. I'm not going to give you a like blanket statement like you need to rest this much minutes. I give those to my clients, but for the most part, just go on your next set when you feel ready. And most people are only resting like half a minute, one minute. And then what they notice is that their strength is decreasing every set. They feel weaker and weaker. That's because you're not resting long enough. So if you want to make sure that you're making gains, take a little bit longer rest times and your gains will thank you. That's going to wrap it up, guys. That's nine things that actually matter for fat loss. This was a little bit longer than an episode than I was thinking, but only 30 minutes. I didn't do too bad, right? If you enjoyed this episode, please take a screenshot and repost it on Instagram. Send it over to me so that I know that you're a listener of the show. I always love to see that people are actually listening to this. And uh, and I appreciate you guys. And I'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye.